0: Hello, and thank you for joining me on the couch with Dr. Carmen. I am Dr. Carmen. I'm a licensed psychologist in the state of Florida, and I typically see patients with anxiety disorders, depression, relationship issues with themselves or others, work stress, post-traumatic stress, um, and um, performance stress uh, if they are students or elite athletes And the like. So, what we're talking about today on episode 33 of the post traumatic stress series is how you treat PTSD and what are the evidence based guidelines for treating it, and what your provider, uh, psychotherapist, licensed mental health counselor should be using to help you heal. Um, As we said last week, post-traumatic stress disorder comes about when you have experienced or witnessed at least one life-threatening or very traumatic event, and you are still being affected by it. So let me explain it a little bit farther, um, because part of the things that we do or that I do with my clients is help them to get into mindfulness, help them to regulate their body that is often being triggered by their trauma Um, so to explain it a little bit further um, the battle is between thoughts and feelings and that takes a lot of energy so the thinking part of your brain and the feeling part of your brain are kind of at odds with each other trying to make sense of this awful thing that happened and the effects of the awful thing that happened sometimes the emotions burst out of you and you re-experience symptoms. Um, You might have very vivid and emotional nightmares. You may have intense feelings of terror that you felt in the past that get triggered by things that remind you of the trauma. Uh, Sometimes without you even knowing why. So this is very true. I dealt with somebody who was sexually traumatized and, um, trigger warning was dealing with symptoms of rape and now was married, not to the rapist, but to somebody else. And randomly a new trigger occurred during the course of intercourse. Um, prior to that, the person had never keyed into this trigger. Um, the, release or loosening of a belt or whipping a belt out of belt loops at that time it had not registered for her that that was a trigger until it happened and she snapped back to how she felt in that moment of being violated of uh, feeling helpless and powerless against this threatening event. Um, another uh, person, again, same same kind of trauma, um, it was a positional thing um, during intercourse, had not really clued into that, and all of a sudden was snapped back to a moment of violation and could not enjoy the intimacy with their partner and could not It took a long time for them to regulate themselves enough to feel safe and feel settled, um, let alone be sexually intimate. So, those are a couple of examples with sexual trauma, and there are other traumas as well that you may not key into at the time of, say, a car accident, or you may not key into if you are in a life-threatening event and you're serving in a military or police situation, um, but your senses are recording everything, your eyes, your ears, your nose, what you smell, the temperature, all of those things are being recorded. And a lot of times, and yes, I'm going to use a scientific word. They get jumbled up in your mind so that you may not put all the pieces together until a similar smell or a similar type of pressure on your body or a similar um, scenario. It's another one with somebody who is a veteran, you know, the setup where they were driving reminded them of where they were driving when they were in the combat zone. And therefore they flash back to being in that area and having some of those feelings of depersonalization, derealization. I'm there. I'm not there. There's a threat back there, but I'm here, but I'm not here. I'm in the now, but I'm also in the past kinds of triggers again As you are able to try to figure out what your triggers are and record those so that we can then in therapy work on what I call neutralizing some of those triggers so that it doesn't disrupt your daily functioning. Um, So to get back to that, sometimes memories will fire so strongly that you feel like you're back in the old trauma again. These are known as flashbacks. Um, They can be very scary. They can seem quite real. Um, It may be helpful for you to know that these re-experiencing episodes are just your brain misfiring on old emotional signals. The brain is trying to protect you by getting you ready for danger, even though the danger may no longer exist. So when you notice re-experiencing symptoms coming up, practice grounding yourself in the present moment to get your brain out of the past. And grounding is another technique that I often teach my patients with PTSD so that they, again, come back to the present moment, come back to the present sense of safety um, and of being empowered to control their environment and to keep themselves safe and to feel safe. So, those are some of the things that happen when you are, you know, having post-traumatic stress disorder, here too known as PTSD. Um, you work hard to avoid triggering yourself. You work hard to avoid areas, things, people that may trigger you. Sometimes it might be somebody who looks like the person who hurt you or who makes you feel like you're in that same situation with no power or no no personal agency. So that is a recap kind of what PTSD is and what the symptoms are. It is a form of anxiety disorder specific to a life-threatening trauma, whether that's in combat or car accident or domestic violence situations or sexual assault situations or other life-threatening situations, perhaps you were um, involved in being robbed at gunpoint, or somebody you know, you witnessed them being robbed at gunpoint, or you witnessed a terrible accident, or you're an EMT and, or a fireman, and you witness horrific things. So that is what PTSD is again. And now we're going to talk about some of the evidence-based treatments, um, especially as recommended by the American Psychological Association. The first one is cognitive behavioral therapy. What that does is focus on the relationship between your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Again, remember your emotional side of your brain and your cognitive or thinking side of your brain are kind of at odds when you are experiencing PTSD symptoms. So we seek with cognitive behavioral therapy to help you change patterns of behaviors and thoughts and feelings that lead to difficulty in functioning at work and at home, because it's not usually just in one area or the other. Usually you're having difficulty functioning in your job, or you're having difficulty functioning in school if you're in school, and you're having difficulty functioning in your personal life, in your relationships, family, and romantic. So that is the cognitive behavioral therapy. There is another therapy called cognitive processing therapy, and this type of therapy helps patients to learn how to modify and challenge unhelpful beliefs related to trauma. Then we have cognitive therapy. I know a lot of this sounds like same, 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 but the cognitive therapy is derived from cognitive behavioral therapy, but it entails modifying pessimistic evaluations and memories of the trauma with the goal of interrupting and the disturbing behavior and the thought patterns that have been interfering with your daily life. So again, we're we're coming up with ways to interrupt the problematic thought patterns that you have developed to deal with the traumatic event and the emotions around that traumatic event that are still resurfacing as your brain tries to make sense of what happened to you. And, you know, a lot of it is what happened to you? Why did it happen to you? Why this person, if it was a particular person that you knew that did this to you, you know, a lot of whys and trying to figure out why, especially if it was childhood traumas um, and things like that. Then we have prolonged exposure therapy. Prolonged exposure therapy is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy that teaches individuals to gradually approach the trauma-related memories, feelings, and situations. By facing what has been avoided, a person presumably learns that the trauma-related memories and cues are not dangerous and do not need to be avoided. So I'm also trained in eye movement desensitive desensitization and re um oh my goodness sorry i need a little bit more water here all right let's try this again i'm also trained in eye movement desensitization and reprocessing um approaches to trauma so basically what we're doing it's to help you to work through that trauma, process that trauma, not necessarily with continuing to go over the story of the trauma, and it's more to help your system learn how to calm down in spite of those things having happened and put it in its right place. It's like uh, those the old video games with the snakes and ladders, and you have to link everything in just right to get points um you know all the puzzle pieces start to go in the right place and put it in the right perspective in your mind because all of those things get fragmented when you're traumatized so the emotions get separated from the language and the words to describe what the hell happened to me and you know the memories get blocked up and locked up so you have difficulty putting it all together so that you can have your right understanding and learn what you need to learn from the experience. That is basically what EMDR, EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing is. It allows you to process the event learn what you needed to learn from that and also change the belief related to that which you know EMDR is also one of the highly recommended treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder Um, so you may have developed a belief that you are powerless um, and then we work with you to help you to develop an understanding that you do have the power to keep yourself safe Um, or you may have developed a Feeling uh, or thought that you're worthless and therefore bad things keep happening to you. So we work through with reprocessing to change that belief to, you know, I have the power to keep myself safe, for instance. So those are some of the recommended treatments. I'm having a malfunction here. Um, let's talk about some of the recommended therapies again um, pro- conditionally e m d r um narrative exposure therapy again it's where you learn to tell the story of the event and learn to experience what you didn't have time to experience at that time because you were trying to survive or to get away from the event. Um, There's brief eclectic psychotherapy. And like I said, the eye movement desensitization um, and reprocessing, those are conditional. However, again, they do get good results. I can attest to for EMDR. I have not used the other um, instances of this. So other recommendations, um, and again, I will say it's not that they can't be the primary focus of treatment. But again, when you are traumatized and having PTSD, um, the leading researchers and um, guidelines for that show that part of what needs to happen is to help to calm your system down so you can stop reacting, 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 and make sense of what's happening to you. And that includes relaxation therapy. That includes um, learning how to make yourself safe. It includes learning how to do breathing therapies to calm down the anxiety. Those are not the first line of defense. You still have to do the CBT the cognitive processing therapies the cognitive therapy and possibly the prolonged exposure therapy those are strongly recommended now some people also will have to take medications along with getting psychotherapy those people um the most effective medications per research and per the recommendation of the american psychological association are things like Prozac, um, paroxetine, sertraline, or Zoloft, or venlafaxine. Um, those have been shown to have some some good benefits for people with symptoms of PTSD. Um, it's not the only, but those have been recommended. Um, so sometimes part of the PTSD syndrome is that you may have some depersonalization, derealization, dissociation, where, again, you dissociated from yourself to escape the traumatic event. But at this point, the traumatic event is inside your head. That is what is commonly referred to when people talk about they went somewhere in their head while the assault happened. Um, they could see themselves, you know, as if they were looking at themselves from afar or from above Those are kind of dissociative events. Um, People with PTSD may do other things to dissociate from the trauma that also make them dysfunctional in their daily life. I'm not going to get into those here, but for those reasons, some people may be prescribed antipsychotics. But again, according to the guidelines put out by the American Psychological Association, there is insufficient evidence to support um, recommending uh, for or against medications like risperidone or Topiramate, okay? So that's what the treatments are. I-, I want you to know because a lot of times you can get an employee assistance program. They may give you six to 10 sessions, Um, If you are doing EMDR, the recommendation is at least eight sessions, but honestly, oftentimes people need more than eight sessions to work through the bulk of this because a lot of the time you're spending time in therapy, developing trust with somebody who has had broken trust because of these traumatic events and gaining trust for them to tell their story and for you to hold space for their story and also give them techniques to uh, get beyond beyond the trauma and to reconcile what happened to them and learn to have their own agency again and keep themselves safe and to be more functional in their daily life. So all of these things work together. It is You know, I don't think I've seen anybody for less than a year um, who has had PTSD Um, and it is an ongoing process, especially if people are using substances to help with the uh, innervation and inner um, turmoil um, because the body keeps score. They may use alcohol or marijuana or other substances to try to help with that. Um, According to Dr. Vander Kolk, that is not necessarily the primary focus of therapy, especially when working with veterans, because most of his um, clinical research has come at VAs, but more to teach them other means of turning down the innervation um, the inner disturbance and distress caused by all of these emotions and triggers of the trauma to give them another way to cope while also being able to function. So, um, one is not mutually exclusive according to the way that Dr. Vandekolk, um, sets up the, the treatment plan for them. Um, again, medication, um, would be another avenue and recently in a training, um, Dr. Van Kolk also noted that individuals who had EMDR did benefit. Um, the biggest thing is individuals who were taught how to manage their inner anxiety and innervation, individuals who were taught how to uh, work through process these troubling, Emotions around that traumatic event were better able to manage their PTSD symptoms and therefore ultimately be more functional in their life, less disrupted, their relationships less disrupted because they learned these relaxation techniques. And then we can work on if they have a substance abuse problem or an addiction that needs to be managed as well, secondary to the trauma. So I hope this was helpful. Again, this is episode 33 of the post-traumatic stress uh, disorder series for the month of October. I will see you next week when we will talk about um, a different kind of post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic slave syndrome, Um, I'm bringing that up because I do want to circle back to the DSM-5 Diagnostic Statistical Manual Version 5 Treatment Review, which has given more voice and more focus on racial trauma and how that can affect individuals. But I also want to discuss ways to deal with racial trauma, especially coming off of two years of social justice issues that have been very, very prominent. And I have seen many, many more individuals in my office who have been struggling with this kind of trauma. So some of it's the same, some of it's different. Again, it's different in that for many people, it's the constant oppression uh that leads to feeling like you're in life-threatening situations all the time but that will be in the next episode explaining what racial trauma is please excuse my dog in the background she wants to talk to some people out there um but that is coming up if you got some value out of this podcast please drop me a message info at dr carmen dr K A R M O N Sears.com or leave me a rating on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. And if you share me or you share a highlight or aha moment on socials, please hashtag Dr. K Mind Body, D R K Mind Body. Thank you, and I will see you next time on the couch.